You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good show for you today, albeit a tragic one. We are going to discuss the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade yesterday. I do have a statistic to throw at you in regards to Super Bowls and debuts of Super Bowls. This is another good one. We're going to talk about college basketball, a little more March Madness yet again. I put it in the episode description of yesterday's episode, but I don't know if any of you noticed it or saw it. But, of course, one team that I absolutely hyped up yesterday got absolutely routed at home by a team under 500. So that wasn't any good. And, yeah, we're going to get to some other stuff as well. This podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. So yesterday, unfortunately, during the Kansas City Chiefs celebration parade, there was a mass shooting. And as of my recording of this, which is about 10 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday night, 22 people were shot. One fatality, we have found out who that person is. She was a local radio host in Kansas City. Of the 22 that were shot, eight were in immediately life-threatening condition and seven were in life-threatening condition. So, you know, obviously you hope for the best, but there is a chance that the death toll is going to go up a little bit on this. Because when you have that many, I mean, 15 that are either immediately life-threatening or just life-threatening. I mean, I hope everyone pulls through, but we got to think realistically here. So, you know, I've got a lot of thoughts. I don't want to make this some sort of political debate. You know, I, um, I'm i for gun control, period, end of story. There's no need to sit here and debate it and whether, you know, what we should do and all that stuff. That's just my opinion. My thing is looking at this from a different angle, and I think this one, I mean, look, I don't want to sit here and rank mass shootings, okay? They're all just unbelievably tragic. But it seems like we're getting new ones. You know, first it was, you know, a kindergarten. And then it was a church. And then it was a nightclub. And, you know, all the movie theaters, all this stuff. This is the first one of this kind. Celebration parades. Now we've got to worry about that? Well, I I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but just like when things have not necessarily changed in terms of gun control in this country, but when something tragic happens in certain situations, there is a little bit of change made. Something tells me that we can kiss celebration parades goodbye now for sports teams. And you know what? I'm all for it. I mean, when you really think about it, do we need parades for a team that won the championship? 
I get you want to celebrate in front of your city. Totally understand that. And it's been going on for years. And you might say, Steve, it's the first one out of all the city celebration parades we've ever had in sports history. This is the first one that had a mass shooting. Yeah, one's enough for me. Get rid of them. What's the point? Now that we know this can happen, and it has happened, and it has taken the life of at least one person, why are we doing this still? I bet you, what's the next one to come up? NBA and NHL, right? Those would be your next champions. I bet you that they don't have them. Now you can say it's an overreaction. Well, to me it isn't. Really, it just isn't to me. Because while I understand you want to you know, bring the city together and everyone can cheer and whatnot, my point from the very beginning was, are, are they really that necessary now that we know what just happened yesterday in Kansas City? Do we have to do them? No, you don't. That's the answer. The answer is no. You don't have to. Maybe some cities will. I just don't think this is going to be a universal thing. I don't think it's going to be everything goes on as normal, and every city is going to throw one in NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, and um, NHL. I think it's going to be a city-by-city thing. And I think after seeing this, most cities now are going to err on the side of caution. And I have no problem with that. Here's the kind of crazy thing that I was thinking about. And, I, and this isn't meant to be morbid or anything like that. But it's almost amazing that this has never happened before. Because it's very different going into an NBA arena or going into an NFL stadium. Why? Because you have to pass through metal detectors. You can't just walk into an arena or a baseball stadium or a football stadium armed. What is a parade? Walk up, it's free, stand on the sidewalk. I mean, anybody could have done this at any parade ever. And that's what's the frightening thing. Like I said, I don't want to be morbid, but I'm shocked this hasn't happened before. Because while you have security lining the streets of the parade... You're not checking every person that shows up. And you've seen some of these parades. Remember when the, who was it, the Royals a few years ago had like a million people show up in downtown Kansas City? And yeah, there wasn't an incident. And there hasn't been an incident like this at any particular, at any other celebration parade. But all it takes is one. And I think you're going to see some teams in some cities just be like, you know what? Not going to happen. Because you can ramp up all the security you want at a parade, but you're not checking every person who's at the parade. Inside an arena, Major League Baseball Stadium and football stadium, you are. So you can control it. So you could say, well, why don't they they just move the celebration parade inside an arena or every, every time you do a parade now, it's just inside the stadium? It's possible. I could see that. You're definitely going to miss out because obviously on these parades, anybody can show up and there's no limit. If you have it in a football stadium, what is is Arrowhead seat? 66,000, 70,000? I guarantee there were more people at the parade yesterday than 70,000. But what's more important, the number in your parade or safety? I would hope, (laughs) for all these teams' sake, the answer to that question is safety. So I don't know if teams go that route because at least you'd be able to control who comes in. But we know on these celebration parades, this is just free. You just show up, you line the streets, and you wave to your favorite players. That's why another reason why I think, do we really need this? 
I mean, what's the big deal to show up? I know you want to support your team, and look, you can cheer from home. It, watch it on TV. You know, it doesn't. It, you showing up and waving at Patrick Mahomes doesn't change anything. You know, so I that's why I'm fine with parades going away. I'd be fine with parades being inside the stadium. In NBA, you only got a 20,000-seat arena. So my guess is if an NBA team, whoever wins the title this year, wants to move it to a football stadium they, in their area, they probably would. So I'm fine with that. You are going to get less because you only has a certain seating capacity. But that's more important, the safety of everybody there. I mean, this is a, a tragedy among tragedies, but this is really up there. Because what's sacred now? What's safe? Can't take your kid to go to a parade for a team that he loves? So, man, it's just, you think about it and you're just like, what? Who does this? Other than, obviously, deranged individuals. Uh, to to take the lives of innocent people who are just going to cheer. Like, this isn't even some sort of protest or people that you know, support one side or the other. This is just, hey, I love the Chiefs. They won a Super Bowl again. I want to go support them. And you're not even safe there. I mean, it's just, it's sad. And, you know, you hate talking about stuff like this, and we all know the cycle of this. It's going to be really somber for about two or three days, and politicians um, will bicker back and forth on what should happen and there will be a bunch of thoughts and prayers, and then we'll go back to living our lives, and then another shooting's going to happen, and another one, 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 and another one. It's the way it works. I mean, how many shootings do we have to have before anything changes? Like, clearly nothing's going to change. You want, you know, you, you hope it does, but nothing's going to. And please don't send me your responses about it's the person, not the guns. Please, just save yourself. But what I'm saying is for this particular situation, the fact that it, we, you know, after all of these mass shootings that we've had, you're just thinking, you know, become, you, you know, we've all kind of become numb to it. You know, that's just it's the way it's become, because this is who we are as a country. This is what happens. We just accept it and we move on. We don't try and change anything. And. When you look at it. It's just even more mind boggling to me because. It happened for a first, like we got a first here. A celebration parade for a team that won the championship. It's never happened like this before. You know, God forbid we get more deaths out of this. It's just, it's so unfortunate. And, you know, I, I, I hope for change. I wish for change. I, 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 would, I wish these things never happened. But I wouldn't be thinking realistically if I just closed my eyes and just said, I wish this never happened because it doesn't work that way. For, for this not to happen, change needs to be implemented. And we've had how many years of mass shootings and no change has been implemented. So, you know, we just have to worry about it. And then, you know, I, you know I've, I've kind of always said that, um, no, you know what, I don't want to go there. Anyway, um, tragedy in Kansas City, it's awful. Now the response, I'm curious, and, you know, my prediction, this is just me thinking out loud, my prediction is, we've probably seen the last of celebration parades. And if there is a team that wants to celebrate, it's going to be done in a stadium so they can monitor everybody that walks through that door. No real great segue after covering a mass shooting, 
But we have other topics to talk about on this podcast. In sticking with Kansas City before the shooting happened, obviously players got up there on the mic talking about things and singing songs and whatnot. And Travis, Kelsey, excuse me, uh, Patrick Mahomes got up there and basically said, you know, we want to be the first to three-peat. He threw it out there, like, we're going to do it. Now, saying you're going to three-peat, I don't think is bulletin board material for anybody. Saying you're going to three-peat basically means nothing. It's like, yeah, he has confidence in his team. He wants to three-peat. What's he going to get up there and say? I'm not going to th- I don't think you can do it next year, guys. We're not going to three-peat. Like, of course he's going to say that. But I don't think it's anything malicious and he's cocky and he's saying like, "Oh, it's going to happen." Because you even if he did get up there and says, "I don't care what anybody says, we are winning the Super Bowl next year to be the first team ever to three-peat in the NFL. Nobody is stopping us. We're the best." And if it didn't happen, what would happen? You know, nothing. It just Great. He said he wants it to three-peat. They didn't. Wonderful. So I don't put too much stock into Mahomes saying they're going to. I expect him to say that. I expect the team to be very confident. They're going to be a good team next year. You realize, you know, I talked about the defense the other day. I forgot to mention this. Age-wise, they're the youngest defense in the NFL. And they just played a full season, 21 games, with the four playoff games, 21 games where they averaged giving up 17.5 points a game with the youngest defense age-wise in the NFL. It's pretty impressive. Now, are they going to lose some guys to free agency? Sure. NFL is all about parity. That's what happens in the NFL. NFL isn't geared towards dynasties. That's what makes what Kansas City did even that much more impressive. Everyone's working under the same exact cap salary cap restrictions. So they want parity. It's why there's so much turnover in playoff teams every single year. It's very hard to repeat. It's very hard to keep a dynasty going. But we do have a mini dynasty here with four Super Bowl appearances in six years, six straight AFC championship appearances. I mean, it's it's impressive. Three-peat would just be cherry on top for the Chiefs, you know? I had this statistic, which did not know about, and, huh, well, Let's talk about it. You could file this. This is under the CBS Sports Twitter account yesterday. You can file it under strange but true. How about this one? The last 18 quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut never made it back to a Super Bowl. Not never won a Super Bowl, never even made it back to one. Now, there's one, two, three, four, five that are still active, that can break that. But the last 18 to lose in their Super Bowl debut never made it back. I'll give you the 13 who it happened to who are not no, who are no longer playing and obviously can't change the outcome of this statistic. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, basically all one-hit wonders that made it to a Super Bowl and lost. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Rex Grossman, Matt Hasselbeck, Donovan McNabb, Jake DeLome, Rich Gannon, Kerry Collins, Steve McNair, Chris Chandler, Drew Bledsoe, Neil O'Donnell, and Stan Humphreys. 18 in a row now. Those are 13. Here are the five that are still in the league and have a chance to break this drought. Lost in their debut. Let's see if they ever make it back. Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, 
now after Sunday, Brock Purdy. It would be rather odd, and I think it would be more surprising if one of those five never even made it back, if, if all of those five never made it back to a Super Bowl. I got to believe Joe Burrow's making it back to a Super Bowl at some point. Jalen Hurts, I got to believe he, those two would be the favorites for me. Purdy, Garoppolo, eh. I would not be surprised if those guys never made it back to a Super Bowl. Garoppolo would be number one in terms of who was, who's never going to make it back to one. I would think all of you are in agreement. You'd be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo made it back to a Super Bowl. Purdy, out of those five, probably put him in second place in terms of not ever making it back. Jared Goff, obviously, was, what, two quarters away from making it back to one. So I'd put him third because he's on an up-and-coming team. And then you got Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. I mean, I'd be stunned. Goff, I, you know, has a chance. But if he never made it back to one, would I be absolutely stunned? Probably not. But Hurts and Burrow, if neither one of them ever made it back to a Super Bowl the rest of their career, yeah, I'd be pretty surprised. I think a lot of you would be too, right? I mean, they're just they're on good teams that are, you know, perennial good teams. It would just be really shocking if they never made it back. But man, that's a it's a crazy statistic. Last eighteen quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut never even made it back to one. Hmm. So yeah, we got five that can change that. Purdy, Hurts, Burrow, Garoppolo, and Golf. And finally, let's talk a little March Madness. And yesterday, I sang the praises of the Sycamores. Yes, the Sycamores, who are ranked for the first time this week in the AP poll since the Larry Bird era, the 78-79 season, or maybe it was 79-80. But literally, we're talking over 40 years since they were ever a ranked team. They were 22-3, and riding high. And then they lost by 13 points at home as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite to Illinois State. (laughs) Well, let's just say the uh, Indiana State Sycamores will not be ranked next week because you won't be able to get over that loss. And that loss is going to hurt you going forward. It might cost you a tournament bid if you don't win the Missouri Valley Tournament. It's that bad of a loss. Now, they could win out or play very well the rest of the year, and maybe that's their only loss in conference because that was their first one. You know, you you can almost, not that you could see it coming because that was such a big favorite. I mean, to be a seven and a half, 17 and a half point home favorite and lose by double digits to a team under 500, it's not like they lost to anybody good. They lost to Illinois State. Who was eleven and fourteen going into the game? Yeah, I mean, just kind of a surprise. But we'll see if it changes anything. I mean, obviously, I think that's probably a loss that you can chalk up to. They started reading their press clippings, right? Like this is something to where everybody was patting them on the back. Come Tuesday, when the rankings came out, everybody's saying, "Oh my gosh, you're the best team since the Larry Bird era." Oh my gosh, you're seventeen and a half point favorites. You're gonna kill them, and you get out and you get blown out. <laughs> Probably read their own press clippings. Coach read them the riot act after the game. They'll get straightened out. They're not a bad basketball team because they lost at home as a 17-and-a-half point favorite to a bad team. It just means just bad night. 
It happens. We've seen it all the time. These are college kids. These are 18 to 20 or two year old kids. So they're not going to be great every single night. So now they're 22 and four. If they win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, they're going to be probably a 10 or 11 seed and have a good chance to still upset somebody in the first round, maybe even the second round. But I think the timing of it was just hilarious because I was singing their praises yesterday, and boom, they had gotten blown out. Because at the time that I recorded the podcast that you heard yesterday was like Tuesday mid-evening, probably while the game was happening. I didn't bother to look at the score. So that's why I didn't mention it in yesterday's podcast. I had recorded either before that game, definitely before that game ended. So it's okay, Sycamores. I forgive you. Bounce back. Win the Missouri Valley Tournament for me. Win a first-round game, and all will be forgiven. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. You got to hit play and not just rely on it being downloaded to your feed. Hit play. Listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Pass it along to your friends. It would definitely be helpful. Daily Roundup was posted an hour ago. My weekly podcast is coming out in an hour from now if you want to check that out as well. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.